Hi, hi. Welcome to the Sparkle and Thrive podcast. This is your host, Joy Foster, and I am delighted today to bring on one of our amazing tech pixies who specializes in menopause. In fact, she's an advanced nurse practitioner and an advanced menopause specialist. She's also a non-medical prescriber. So we have been doing a series on menopause and we've uh, interviewed someone who has a background in fitness and talked about the uh, advantages of taking care of your physical health while you're going through menopause. We've also talked about talked to someone about nutrition. And now I really want to go deep into uh, understanding what menopause is, levels that you might experience as you're going through it. And also, uh, we're going to talk about you and your vagina. So just be prepared. Uh, that is not a word you hear me say very often, um, but I'm very excited about this conversation. So Eileen from the Menopause Lounge in Wales, thank you for being here today. Thank you for being one of our guests and also for being a tech pixie and part of our amazing community. Thank you so much. It's a great honor and I'm really excited. This is the first ever podcast I've done. So uh, a little bit nervous, but also excited all in the one. Well, this is the beauty of our community is that we have so many skills and talents and come from so many different backgrounds that it's really fun for me to interview different people with different specialties that matter for women, right? One of the things that's really important to me is that we empower women in our value set is supportive, positive, authentic relationships with women who are keen to learn and want to be empowered. And I think uh, as I'm as I have worked with women between the ages of 40 and 60 for a very long time now, uh, almost eight years, one of the things that I have learned is that there is a major body transition that happens during that period of time. And if we don't deal with it, we don't talk about it, we don't uh, organize ourselves around it, it can actually be really detrimental detrimental to our career, just as childbirth it could be for women as well. So I want to really have this authentic conversation. Uh, we can learn about menopause and then we can be empowered about things that we can do with it. So let's start uh, by talking about the different uh, stages of menopause, because um, I think that's an important thing for people to understand and on a on a much deeper level. What are the different stages people might experience and what age ranges do they generally happen in? Well, we begin our um, cycle as a woman, as a teenager, where you get a fluctuation of the hormones. So you start to get more estrogen in your body, although estrogen's always been in your body because it's in your ovaries. You've got four million eggs. And by the time you get to the menopause, there's about 400 left. So they are released each month, as you know, and um, this is how you get your periods because your periods are the shredding of the lining uh, of the uterus. When you're a teenager, you start to get secondary characteristics of the darling buds of May and a little bit of hair down below. And your body changes from that um, android, the straight shape, to more of a gynecoid where you start having more, you know, breasts, a waist and your hip breast ratio tends to be in a line for most people and a narrowing of the waist now the waist is vital and I'll come back to that in regard to heart health later so that can happen any time between the ages of nine because it does seem to be happening earlier these days and I don't know whether that's because of estrogens in the water or the diets or where they're pumping chicken full of estrogens and things like that I'm not going down that um, rabbit warren um, so by about 13 ladies start to have periods yeah so you now become a teenager 
And then you're a woman by the time you're 21, or you could argue earlier. And then you are getting on to 30. And we could call that pre-menopausal. Anything before you go into the perimenopause is premenopause. So some ladies can have what we call a premature ovarian insufficiency, where they go into a very early menopause. Now, the earliest age is 13. And um, the I'm a midwife as well. I don't practice as a midwife now. But the youngest I've delivered is a 13-year-old. And the oldest I've delivered uh, um, of a lady is 54 years of age. So you can see in the reproductive cycle of life, there is that long window. All of us tend to follow our mothers as to their reproductive cycle and when they went into the menopause. So that's a good conversation to have with them. The perimenopause is when you start to have vague signs and symptoms of an alteration in your health. So it might be you go up to the top of the stairs and you think, what did I come up here for? And then you go back down, you keep tracing your steps up and down, up and down, you know, and it's little things like that. It might be that you meet, you know, a really good friend, you haven't seen them for a while and you think, Oh my God, I can't remember her name. So you're in a party, you're introducing people and you're thinking, oh, you just introduce yourself. You're far more better at it than me. You know, you, you start making those little um, curves. And uh, for me, as a senior lecturer in nursing, I have juggled that scenario for two decades, I can tell you. Um, so other little things start to happen. Um, and it can be because... Just as each month your oestrogen rises and falls as you have periods and your progesterone as well, the same thing, it's a bit more erratic then in the perimenopause. You might have a big surge and then there might be a lesson of one. So at that time, your periods may be regular as clockwork. Some people are regular as clockwork until they hit the menopause. Other people will have longer cycles they might have heavier periods they might have less um lighter periods they might have painful periods so your menstrual cycle is vital and it's important that you record it in a diary because when we get to the definition of the menopause and i'll go back to the signs all the signs and symptoms in the perimenopause because they're the same as the postmenopause um you actually um the postmenopause is one year after your last menstrual period so if you get to 9 months and then you suddenly um have a period you've got to start again Okay, so this is why I say record it in a diary so that you can see it. And I would record whether it's heavy or light, you know, that that sort of thing. People think as they get into their 40s, 50s that, you know, they're safe contraceptive wise and they're not. One of the biggest um, statistics in relation to termination of pregnancies is actually in the 40s and 50s in that perimenopause phase because they think, oh, I'm not very sexual active. And one Sunday night they may get, you know, um, a bit like Victoria Woods and let's do it again and be lucky and off they go. And they haven't thought about contraception in years and boom, 
they find themselves pregnant. So that is important. So contraception in the perimenopause and the menopause, you need to have um, make sure you're having contraception for if you're under 50, two years after you've stopped having periods if you're under 50. And if you're over 50, no, no period, you still need to take contraception for one year to, to be safe. So the postmenopause then, you are postmenopausal until you start popping up daisies. Forever and ever, amen. So postmenopausal starts from that period that you've had one year since your last period. Yes. And then actually the, what you're saying is the, if I understand correctly, the menopause period is... is one um, day. Is menopause is one day. Oh, menopause. Oh, okay. Menopause one is one day, and the party is one year after your last period. So, if you write in your diary, let's say it was the fifth of May, my birthday, um, and this year I celebrated my sixtieth, and then in twenty twenty three, you know, you still haven't had a period. You can have a big party. But for most people, they don't get that party because they're not logging down their um, cycle. But what you're also saying is during that year, from the the day to that year date, you could, even though you're not having regular period, well, you're not having periods. So can you get pregnant during that period of time or is it only in the pre? Postmenopausal, yes, you can all of a sudden have a, you know, like a shooting star or a ovarian release in that year. It's rare, but, but it happens. It so happen. That's why you're saying if you want to, uh, yeah. if you want to protect yourself, make sure you've got contraception throughout the, that whole that whole year that you are after the first yeah. yeah. Because you don't know in that year whether you might start another period. Right. Right. Just because you've not had one for a year doesn't mean that yeah. there wouldn't possibly be yeah. one that pops in. Yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, these are things I find this conversation interesting in the sense that these are those little things that people don't talk about. And then it suddenly happens and you're like, why is that happening? Oh, OK, now, you know, but we've had the conversation. So for, for me, sorry, mm-hmm. I um, I got married at 22. You know, I had suffered with P- PMS, you know, painful periods from the age of 15 when I started having them. And then after I'd got married, um, I think it was the marriage thing. I was married for 30 years. But my periods, I I, I lived with this traumatic experience of periods with pain and cramp for years and years and years. So I had a hysterectomy at um, 34. I'd had my daughter um, at 32. And um, so then, then I had a hysterectomy at 34. I'd just come back from being a senior um midwife in with the royal navy in gibraltar fabulous year come back and uh, i was in the middle of doing a, a degree and uh best thing i ever did get the hysterectomy done and that rendered me into being premit with premature ovarian insufficiency and um the complications that do come with that but um it's important that you, you know, monitor those periods and know you and your body and what's happening to you. So one of the interesting challenges for people who, and this conversation around contraception is really interesting because I'm, 
rereading Melinda Gates's book, um, which is the moment of lift. And uh, she, the, one of the things that she realized when she started working on female empowerment and gender inequality was that a game changer in gender inequality is contraception. So one of the things that happens in countries where they're not allowed to use contraception is that they have child after child after child and they go they go deeper and deeper into poverty because they can't support those children. So introducing contraception in the first place is really useful for helping them to gain um, the ability to be financially stable, which actually is one of the reasons why I think in, in the modern world, um, it, women are more financially stable because they are able to regulate how many children they have them, when they have them, how they space them out, et cetera. And little, those... do you know, little do you know that my father is one of 21. Wow. Good Irish Catholics. And I am Eileen the third, um, because my, my grandmother was Eileen. My auntie was Eileen and I'm Eileen. So um, I am one of seven children. Wow. And I have one. So, like you were saying, economically and genetically, as you go through generations in a family, your, fa your families get smaller because you want a better quality of life. That's really, really interesting. Well, and both my husband and I had one sibling and we both and we, and we have two children, which I also think is really interesting for us. My my. Um, uh, biological mom had two sisters and my uh, mom who raised me had uh, three sisters. So, you know, it does, it has changed, you know, in that sense. What I find interesting though, is for women like me who have been on the Marina. So I've been on the, after my, so my children came really fast. They were 15 months apart. And then I thought, you know, I originally wanted four. I had one and I said, okay, let's do another one. And then I had two and I said, okay, but two's good. I'm good with two. We're going to stick with two. And and I remember it being a, a very uh, challenging period for me because there was a part of me that felt like I was supposed to have four children that I'd always dreamed about having four children. And then suddenly I was saying, well, no, I can't run a business and have two and have four children. That was the conclusion I came to. Because I wanted two sets of twins and one. I always wanted five. <laughs> there you go. I was married 10 years before I had my first. And it wasn't. Well, and that's the thing. That, uh, yeah. Everyone has a journey and a path. And. And I, and in the end, I, I, I was very, I mean, we, I love the two children we've got. And actually, I felt like I could give them the attention that, that I could give them, but I couldn't give four children the attention that they deserved and do a business. That was my choice. That was my decision. But I was very thankful to have contraception. But I, I was like you, where I had really long, painful, you know, lots of blood periods. I hated them. And I remember when I got it and I was young. I mean, I was, I was on the younger side when I got it. And I remember in the car doing the mathematics for how many periods I was going to have to have the rest of my life until I could, you know, until, until it stopped. And I, I'd done the calculation. And so I really didn't want my period, but I'm, I then went at, when my son was born, I found out about the Marina, which I, I love. And I've been on for, for, um, I've had two or two or maybe three, I'm about to have the third eventually soon. So I think I've been on two. They last about five years for me. They last about four before I get some back pain, but the, um, so I'm actually on my third, I'm on my third already. And, so when you're on the marina, there is no period. Um, so you and I have time. I can sort of tell when I'm going through that time period, but it, it's not as obvious. Um, so how does someone who is like in my age and, you know, I've just turned 43, hence the balloons behind me. But when I turned 43, you know, and I don't 
have necessarily a period that I know of when it's happening exactly. How do how does someone how does someone like me um, understand whether or not where they are in that process? You won't. You won't. Okay. So the Mirena, it has got medroxyprogestogen um, acetate in it. So the MPA is the progestogen, which uh, and the coil you've got inside. Um, it, it, I I do have one somewhere. It's it, it's 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 tiny, absolutely tiny. But what's good is that form of contraception is licensed in the um, menopause as well. So it might be that you start to have estrogenic signs and symptoms where now I have never had hot flushes. OK, I've had the odd sweat at night, but then I was diagnosed with pneumonia. Um, I was 49 on the front line of Afghanistan. I didn't sweat. Everybody else was pouring with sweat and I wasn't. So um, your signs and symptoms will be possibly estrogenic and it might be that you go to 50 and then we decide that you need to add in some estrogen because by 50 99% of the population or definitely by 52 are postmenopausal. So okay the, and when you talk about problems being estrogenic does that mean you have a lack of estrogen Americans say estrogen British say yeah, I know. So, um, yeah, um, estrogen. So um, it, it, it's basically all the signs and symptoms of the menopause where you have um, hot sweats, um, hot flushes, uh, vaginal dryness, um, headaches, palpitations are all estrogenic side effects. Um, the, the mood swings, the lack of concentration, the low um, sort of mood, feeling joyless. And, you know, these all signs and symptoms that can make people think, oh, God, midlife is going to be horrific. And, you know, for me, I'm really strong and passionate about empowering women, women with the education and knowledge to transition through the menopause, empowered to um, look after themselves and to live a um well their best life should we say that um and it's important that they have the knowledge to prevent the problem so my mum died of um a massive heart and a stroke at 51 my sister died at 51 um of a heart attack as well and um you know, none of us are grossly obese, but um, heart disease runs in the family. And heart disease is the biggest killer of women. And which makes me go back to um, why I am passionate about me taking estrogen. I don't need to take progestogen because I haven't got a womb. But it, women need to understand what's available for them and even women with breast cancer that have had breast cancer can now and always have been able to have estrogen but that women's health initiative in 2002 and I was working as a menopause specialist at the time covering Wales, Hereford and Worcester and I was working for the pregnant mayor's urine um, company. Yes, uh, we talked about that on the last podcast. Yeah, yeah I know. So um, Premarin I actually took Premarin myself for 10 years. 
And the reason why I took it is I was taking estrogen, estrogel, and um, estrogel is just a tiny little um, blob. It looks a bit like KY jelly. Let me just go through the different kinds of HRT. For someone like me who hasn't got a uterus, you only need estrogen. And you can have, this is the most common one, estrogel, which um, you have one pump to start with and then two pumps. And you can pop it on the outer aspect of your arms or the inside of your legs. I personally do mine on my outer hips because I get a bit of a jip, jippy hip. And that keeps that under control. Two pumps are what gives you osteoporosis protection because what we need to look for in after the menopause is not to get dementia and estrogen in the research evidence so I've just done a two-day course with the Royal College of um, Ob Gynae and Obstetricians and the British Menopause Society this is the advanced course that all doctors and consultants do and um Oestrogen in the research evidence is not proven. The word is it's favorable that oestrogen and testosterone has a positive impact on your cognition. Mm. But what negates that is if you're smoking, drinking um, and not having a good diet, all of those things are going to impact on the athroma plaques in your brains. So uh, what I'm seeing is you've got these keyboard warriors out there that have got hold of their estrogens, for example, and they're increasing and increasing, increasing the dose, thinking that, you know, they're doing great and they're there then having their bags drinking and mm. stuff like that. They're they're not helping themselves. So women have got to look at the menopause holistically. Okay. Right, which is which is good, good fitness, good nutrition, good habits. So for someone like me, and it is vital, if you've had a hysterectomy and you're not taking estrogen or your GP won't give you estrogen, then it's negligent. You have got to have estrogen to re to be replaced up until the age of 50 minimum but you can continue on your estrogen until you die okay now there's so so one of the questions that's just come in is how do uh do you know if one needs extra estrogen estrogen and are there specific symptoms that we need to talk to the gp about yes so Say I came, say I was a lady, I, I'd come in and so I'll go now to the lady who has a uterus. So if you've got a uterus, you've got to have the oestrogen. And if you're still having periods, to understand this, you can still be menopause and have regular periods. You also need a progestogen. Now, there are two. So back to the oestrogen. Oestrogen you can have as a gel as a patch, a spray, and a tablet. We used to have a spray up your nose, but it, it was discontinued um, because it wasn't um, financially viable. So there's lots of different routes you can take estrogen with. You need progestogen, and you got the Mirena coil with an MPA. Um, you can have it in a patch, or you can have it in a tab tablet. So there's two types of progestogens. There's 
one called a C19, which is North Cisteron and Levonorgestrel. And those types of um, progestogens are also in the oral contraceptive pill. And then you've got C21s, which are MPA, Majestogen Projoxygen Acetate, um, which, as I said, is oral or in the Mirena pill. Or you've got Duplistin. So, uh, and that only comes in a uh, patch. So, prescribers have to know their estrogens, progestogens, and the side effects you can get for these different things, which is a whole different lecture. I'm not that I'm lecturing, a uh, whole different conversation. So, for the lady that asked the question, how will she know she needs to eat up the um, estrogen? So um, you do need to have that conversation with your healthcare provider. So um, if you're, say I went in and um, I had hot flushes, starting on estrogen, your hot flushes will be gone from anything from two days to two weeks. If they're not, you might need a higher amount of estrogen. If you're having side effects, so what women don't seem to understand is that variation that's happening of your estrogen fluctuating through your body, that's going to keep happening, right? So you think, oh, I've titrated this. This is great. You know, I'm feeling fantastic. And then all of a sudden, it's like, boom, the symptoms come back again. And on the Menopause Lounge Wales, I've got a... Um, a chart there that you can download that gives you all your signs and symptoms and you can actually plot them so that when you go oh, to see brilliant. you can complete that form because you've got to understand GPs have only got 10 minutes complete the form fully with all your signs and symptoms have your other chart and I've got another one on there where you can log your period so that you can show them write down what it is that you want you know i want to deal with oh i'm going to the toilet all the time oh i've got painful itching i'm feeling so i can't have intercourse it's as dry as a crisp all of those things write down your signs and symptoms clearly on a piece of paper for them don't assume that they're telepathic because they're not and if you want hrt go in and say I don't want that Easter gel stuff. No, no, no. I want a patch. You know, tell them what you want. Help them. Think of them like a three-year-old. Okay? You be empowered. You go in armed with everything and tell them what you want. So, so I'm going to just stop for one second and say we're going to put the link to those, to those two charts in the show notes. So that you can go directly there and download them. So I just want to make sure that anyone who's looking for those, they will be in the show notes. Yeah, they're under guides in the menopause group anyway. Um, so if you're still having periods, it's called sequential HRT. So all the HRT in the UK that we prescribe is from the British National Formulary and it's all body identical. So That's great because we had a conversation about that on the last. And the I last need podcast. to emphasize this because I listened to it last night. Body identical hormone is freely available on the NHS. I know you pay prescriptions in England and they're free of charge in Wales. 
different devolved government. So estrogen is made from soya and yam. It's been around for centuries. In Japan, they don't have a word for the menopause because of all the soya that, and yams that they eat. But when they come over here, have a Western diet, then they get symptomatic. Please don't think, oh, I'm going out, I'm going to buy all this soya and yam. You cannot replicate genetically what's in their system or from them having it from the time they were born. It might help you feel good, but it's not going. That phytoestrogen in those products are not going to do what estrogen does. Okay. And what you've got to understand with um, bio-identical, that um, some of these private consortiums that have set up, because everyone is making a buck on the menopause at the moment. You know, you've got a lot of charlatans out there, which does upset me. And this is why it's vital you get empowered and you don't waste your money. So your estrogen um, is a naturally sourced and... Um, it's body identical. So what you get in a private menopause clinic will be exactly the same as you're getting in the NHS. So people come to me, you know, I charge probably less than anybody else out there doing private consultations. And I prescribe and I prescribe exactly what you would get in an NHS clinic. Okay. But one of the advantages of going private is the speed. I mean, I have to say, <laughs> I, I, you know, what, what I, I've been talking to my GP since May about an issue and we're talking about November and I just got a prescription, you know, so it, I will say that's the one advantage of if you have the opportunity, you say, look, this is what's going on. I need to move forward with this. I don't want to wait, you know, however many months, um, you know, for me, is I've been waiting six months to solve this issue. So sometimes I think the private moving private or talking to someone privately it can speed up the 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 yeah, yeah the challenge that sometimes we face while we're waiting to be yeah. seen on the NHS because there's all sorts of steps that have to be taken as well like you've got to get the blood test and then the blood test has to be analyzed and then you got to get the swab and then the swab has to be analyzed and let me just finish on, on that final bit so you've got estrogen only for those without a uterus you've got sequential HRT which means estrogen you take all the time progestogen uh you, you the the one thing i didn't mention there was eutogestion which is a body identical um hrt progestogen tablet you take that for 14 days okay so for ease you could say i'm going to take it day one to day 12 or 14 of my cycle or you can take it from day 12 to day 25, okay? Whatever suits you. But for ease, for some women, they just write it in the diary. It's the first of the month. I'm going to take it for two weeks. Then in the next two weeks, somewhere along there, they're going to bleed for seven days, five, seven days, whatever your cycle is. And that has to happen because the lining of the uterus has to shred so it doesn't build up and you don't get hyperplasia uh, which is a thickening of the endometrium lining. Once you're menopausal and you're, you, you're menopausal, uh, you've got the line in the diary, or you're 50, 51, 52, you go on to a continuous combined HRT, which means you have to take estrogen every day still and progestogen 
every day and you won't have periods. Now, if you're smart like Joy is and have the Mirena coil in, you can have your contraception, get to 50, add in your estrogen. You haven't you, the Mirena's licensed for five years and then off you bob. So you haven't got this disruption happening. So some women oh, because the marina's got that built into it. Yeah, it's okay. built in. It's the best thing for contraception. It's the best thing for um, your endometrial protection. You know, from that point of view. Well, so I'm I'm certainly a fan, um, and I you know I think that the main the only issues I have had with the marina have been at about the four year mark. I start getting lower back pain. And I and I because it's happened to me every time I, I now just go in and say, right, I'm at the four year mark. I need to change it. I can't wait five years. And they've so far accommodated that. And that's worked out well for me. Um, yeah. But I think that what you're saying is you can still have signs of, uh, of, of even before you're 50, you can still have, still have signs of needing extra estrogen. Is that yeah. what I'm understanding? OK, yeah. And for, for lots of ladies, the conversation that we never have is about down there yes our, our vagina so there's a great book um i've got it in here somewhere oh can't find right so it's by janet lewis me and my vagina now if you don't remember anything i've said to you on this podcast please remember this when you look at a woman and you look at her face and um, you start to see the deterioration in the microarchal structure of the lack of collagen, the lack of hydroluric acid here, well, it's happening down there. Yes, it's happening down there. So it's important that you look after your badge. Right. So a few top tips. We don't look at it. We don't talk about it. We just put up with it and it gets on. And it, it does an amazing job bringing, you know, um, children into the world. So signs and symptoms, as I've alluded to already, can be irritation and itch, um, dryness, getting up, having to go to the bathroom all the time or frequent urinary tract infections. And... Um, if you ever go into a nursing home and you know that smell, right? That again is because of a lack of estrogen, lactobacilli. So um, it is happening and hence you get um, bacteria vaginosis. So it's important that apart from, you know, having your patch or your gel or taking your oral HRT, that you look after down there. Because whether you've had breast cancer um, or, or any treatment, you can have vaginal estrogen, which functions locally to enhance the collagen, the microarchal structure of the vaginal walls, and to um, estrogenize it. So one of the, and the only contraindication is someone on aromatize inhibitor. If they're on tamoxifen, they can have it, but not if you're on an aromatizing inhibitor. OK, so that's the only um, contraindication. And uh, one of the um, most common forms of vaginal HRT. Now, this you can see a little tablet in here that uh, is um, vagifen 10 milligrams. And just so you basically um, pop it in your vagina and press the little. Um, 
toggle and you will get this amount of estrogen so that's a, just for people who are listening that's a it's like a pill size yeah it, it it's um it, it's it's like two sweet x size and um basically that will estrogenize your vagina so you have a loading dose when it's initially prescribed so it whether it's that or whether it's in vagus which is a new form and the the difference between the two they're identical products it's just one um gives you um one applicator so you wash it every day and these are disposable that's the only difference so you pop that inside you have a loading dose of one of them every day for two weeks and then you'll have one twice a week so you could say monday and thursday and that's it. Bob's your uncle. They also do um, pessaries um, vaginally that, that you can pop inside or you can have Eastering, which, again, you just pop in um, into the anterior fornix and it's there for three months. And you can pop that in and out yourself. So estrogenizing your vagina it is important to do and you can take this forever and ever amen and one of these is equivalent to one hrt tablet okay so it's not going anywhere else it's just there in the vaginal area but if you're having issues with um also needing to hydrate your vagina there are things you can buy over the counter and you can also have these prescribed so this is replens and in reading janet um lewis's me and my vagina book she basically says you um alter these okay so you will say have your vagifem on a monday and a thursday then you can have this on a tuesday and a saturday yeah so you Very have funny. that for three three months or you or you could have this one then for another th three months so ju be, ju because just like moisturizers facially we we change them don't we so um your face gets used to them your vagina can do the same thing so they will help you in um hydrating your um vagina and um give you a more pleasurable experience um in your relationships Great. Well, there was a lot of great explanation there. And of course, if you're listening to the podcast and you're confused about the boxes she was showing, um, you can watch watch the video and go back to that section. Um, so there's a couple questions and then I know uh, we'll, we'll wrap up. Um, but Tracy says two things. One, she had the marina and, it, and then had a nightmare menopause. So I guess it's fair to say that not everyone has a good experience with the marina. Um, but Tracy also said, um, what advice do you have for those living with disability and pre-existing health conditions, which can escalate with perimenopause? The treatments are exactly the same. So it's managing your um, disabilities and, um, you know, looking at what, speaking with your GP, what medication you're on, is there any contra indications with the HRT but there should be no reason long term why you shouldn't have estrogen and progestogen because the evidence is showing for cardiac health it's vital to have that estrogen um there's no negotiation on it and the same with 
bone health with osteoporosis because more women will die with um, cardiovascular disease than like 57% as opposed to 4% will die due to cancers. That is really, really, really interesting. And, you know, a few statistics that I've got here, um, whereas the media, social media, well, the media in generally, they tend to um, shout from the rafters uh, about breast cancer being an issue. And hence, you've got to just understand that the Women's Health Initiative was stopped because it was costing too much money and um, they can stew the evidence and that's why it was stopped. And you've got two decades of women who have um, been neglected to not being able to have estrogen. Because, in, the, because the government stopped the funding on it? No, it was in America. Okay. They, they wanted, they couldn't afford to continue with that study. That's why it was stopped. So understand this. 23 women, you line a, a thousand women up, 23 not having any form of HRT or hormones, 23 women in a thousand in the population will get breast cancer because of it there. It's if you're going to get it, it's there inside you. Okay, that's the end of the story. If you're on continuous combined HRT post um, menopausally, an extra four cases per thousand of women will get breast cancer. If you take the oral contraceptive pill, four women in a thousand will get breast cancer. If you're like me, you have an estrogen only, four less of us will get breast cancer. If you drink two units of alcohol a day, which would be about the amount, well, half of this, isn't it? It's not, it's tea. Um, there would be five per thousand that get breast cancer. If you smoke, three per thousand. If your BMI is greater than 30, 24 per thousand. So you've got- That's interesting. So your, so your BMI is actually more impactful than- Anything else. Wow. Than anything else. So- Seven less women in that thousand will get breast cancer. That's seven less if you just do two and a half hours of moderate exercise a week. Mm. So your girth measurement is vital and it needs to be under 80 centimetres or 31.5 inches is good for your health and you need to know your figures your blood pressure ideally you want that below 130 over 85 75 is better your hba1c which is your um an indication of your blood glucose over three months your red blood cells live for 120 days you want to keep that below 4.5 if you're not a diabetic and 5.6 if you are a diabetic. Your blood cholesterols you want under 5 and your um, HDLs below 1.3 and your triglycerides above 1.7. So know your numbers and, you know, go to your GP if you're coming up to 40, coming up to 50. 
say you want a well woman check. So you want your bloods, so your full blood count with ferritin. Um, if you're finding that you're fatigued or you're, you know, sluggish, lack of memory, um, you want your HbA1c to check that you're not diabetic. You want your thyroid function with your T3 and your T4 because hypothyroid can um, have the same symptoms of the menopause and um, you want your cholesterol done. Um, so you've got a baseline marker and I would have them done every five years just so that you can see, are you optimizing your health? Are you looking after you? Are you having three glasses of water? Are you going out there doing your walking? Are you doing all the things Julia and the, um, sorry, I can't remember yeah, the other name. Julia and Andy. Yeah, yeah. That, that they told you, you know, because it's not about just pill popping. You've got to look after you because you are what you eat and you are a um, product of how you look after your well-being. Well, you know, and Tracy, Tracy makes a really valid point, and and I I, I recognize this because I have very people in my life who I love very much who are on prescription drugs. Sometimes there are medications that cause weight gain. So someone could be doing the exercise, it could be eating correctly, but because of medical conditions, they're on medication that then pushes them over on the weight. What 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 are your thoughts on that? I fully understand that. I I, I do as a nurse, you know, I, I do. And it, it is about, you know, having the discussion with your healthcare provider uh, about, you know, what drugs may be uh, causing retention and looking at them and can they be titrated? Can they be reduced? Can there be an alternative? You know, because, um, you know, things like non-steroidal anti-inflammatories, I have um, osteoarthritis. And, you know, I have taken myself off them totally because I was finding I was getting a lot of water retention with that, you know, and I've got um, lymphedema of the legs. So you're talking about uh, disabilities uh, and, and things. Well, you know, I'm right up there. You know, if you've got, you know, um, irritable bowel or diverticulitis or any of these things, you have to look at what you need to take for your um, well-being but also how you modify things so that you don't put you know weight comes down to um, many things and you know I appreciate disability and medications impact on them but it's working and titrating all the time to be the best version of ourselves you know, there's no magic wand. There's no tech pixie out there waving that wand with the stars coming out of it that's going to make us, you know, absolutely gorgeous overnight. This is a long, long marathon that we're on. And if you want to increase your vitality and the years in your life that you live your best life, you know, um, then it's worth the effort. <laughs> don't be ordinary. Let's be extraordinary and look after ourselves. I love that. Well, thank you so much. And I, I, I think it's really important that we address those questions because they're questions within our community, um, for sure. Uh, Eileen, I want to thank you so much for being here. We will put in the show notes uh, the recommendations for the books that you've given or the book that you've given, um, and also uh, the charts that people can download and fill out before they go speak to someone. I think you've given some great um, medical information that we didn't have on our previous two podcasts that sort of 
bring this whole thing to uh, to uh, not necessarily a close. I still have one interview that I'm really looking forward to doing, and I don't know when I'm going to get to do that, but especially around menopause and how it impacts women from diverse backgrounds, because um, there is some information out there that we need to digest that it's not it's not the same experience for everyone, uh, depending on your ethnic background as well. So I'm going to be talking hopefully to Dr. Amobi about that, who's connected to a tech fixie in our community. And I also think I just want to just say thank you to those of you who've been listening to the podcast who are not yet uh, in these three stages. Uh, well, I guess you said you're always pre once you've got your period. So uh, but you may not be in the peri or the postmenopausal state. But I, we have had a few um, listeners write in to support and say, well, I, I'm not going through menopause, but I do want to get pregnant. Or, you know, I do want to have that conversation about how, how um, having a baby affects my career. So one of the things I'm also going to do um, is, 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 is acknowledge that we have a wide range of women in our community. And so we will also be doing some incredibly powerful interviews um, hopefully in the next few months uh, with women about the impact of pregnancy and also what that does for your career and things that you can do to, to keep moving forwards. Just like, you know, one of the things we talked about with Julia was the importance of taking care of yourself in the menopause stage so that you can continue doing a career that you love and you don't have to give it up. These are very, very important things. So Eileen, thank you so much for your energy. Thank you so much for your, your vast experience and knowledge. Uh, I know that I certainly benefited from getting to ask you questions and learning more about it. And I know the women in our community will as well. And we're thankful that you're a tech pixie and that you are um, changing the world through your education on menopause. And the yeah, work they can find all this. And I run courses on the Menopause Lounge Wales. You don't have to be in Wales. But uh, there's a wealth of um, a knowledge and I put up posts which are all evidence-based so there's lots of resources in my group and yeah, and you run a Facebook group that's right and yeah, we'll link to the Facebook group and uh we'll link to the Facebook group in the show notes what what is it called just so I can drop it into the chat now the menopause lounge Wales there's a form that you fill in as you go in which asks you about your top three symptoms and your email and um you know you come into the group and there's loads and loads of resources. If you go into the search bar, now that they've taken the hashtag thing out of uh, Facebook, you could, you know, go in there and you might look at osteoporosis or sleep and loads of resources come up on those topics for you. And I've done live videos on um, if you're suffering with joint pain um or you've got skin issues i've done live videos on them that you can go back and see okay great i've got the i've got the link now so i will put that in the chat um i think hashtag still working groups but we do have the topics that that um are connected yeah. as well yeah. okay great so we've got i've just dropped the group in for anyone who's live and wants to join that group um thank you for the work that you're doing in the world and thank you for being a tech fixie and thank you for being here today my pleasure it's a great honor thank you bye